Welcome please to the JVG podcast where these G's are going to spread their seeds of knowledge about the league. It's flourishing with ease. These funny catches seem to be well read, esteemed and honest. Like the man himself, Jeff Van Gundy. They are high IQ, so cerebral and funny. So if you're on the bus, just border on the dunny. Listen to the JVG NBA Tribute Show. Hello and welcome to episode 92 of the Jeff Van Gundy NBA Tribute Show. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Marco, here with one of my other hosts, Lucas. How are you, Lucas? Hi, Mark. I'm good. How are you? You know, Lucas, I'm over the moon, <laughs> to, to borrow a phrase. Oh, straight into it? I'm absolutely going. No, we won't get straight into it. Okay. But uh, I'm sure our listeners can uh, discern why I might be over the moon. Um, how are our levels looking? <laughs> they're, they're looking pretty good. Okay, cool. I was a little concerned after my scream at the start. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, just ignore that. Oh, we'll get it in post. Yeah, we'll get it in post, exactly. Um, but uh, more importantly, how are you, Lucas? <laughs> Marco, <laughs> I'm glad you asked. So I think my last run was my first run. Mm-hmm. My, mo- my, my run before the one I did tonight was the first one I did, which was episode something. I think maybe our first I think it video was, pod. Um, yeah, it was episode 90, I want to say. Yeah, or yeah, 89, it, rather. Yeah, whichever one it was. So that was uh, that was three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Cash of 10K took a little bit of a, <laughs> a hiatus. But... I've gone on another run, no run is high. I've been out for 30 minutes twice now. That's an hour total. You theorize maybe you need to be running for two months. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that was a stab in the dark. Yeah, I know, but like still. Yeah. Why, why, that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> Surely run is high is like a tolerance-based thing, much like anything else. So right. So like my first run, I should get it five minutes in. Oh, I see what you're saying. Mm. But you know how they say like, um, <laughs> like the first few times you do heroin, it's like not addictive at all. Yep. And then like, <laughs> and then like the fifth time you do it, you're like, oh wow, I like need that again. Right. So, so you have four free trials is what you're saying. Yeah. And I'm saying maybe it's similar to running where it's like by the fifth one, you're like, fuck, I like just absolutely, I get like, you get oh. the first high and then your tolerance builds up as you, as you run and you okay. run and you run and you run. Okay. I also think that like exercise might not work like recreational drugs. Yeah. But it is recreational. <laughs> True. That's that's very fair. That's very fair. Um, but yeah, I feel like it, it takes me like two weeks of going to the gym to like leave the gym and be like, oh, wait, I'm really happy with that. You know, mm. usually I'm like, Ugh, I'm so weak and tired. Mm. Yeah. And then like, yeah, after two weeks of doing it consistently, I'm like, I I've, I feel really good. I want to like, I want to go run a marathon now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I get my run this high. <laughs> I feel like my um. My vibe with the gym is is the most toxic when I'm doing the least toxic things at the gym. And it's the least toxic when I'm doing the most toxic things at the gym. Or should I say what society has told me is the most toxic right, things at the gym. Okay, okay. Like the bicep curls, they come when I'm just like, yeah, I want some muscles. Mm. But like the squats, the deadlifts, that comes when I like see Montrez dunk on two people from the <laughs> dunker spot. And I'm like, I need to be like that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which... Um, you know, it's a little conflicting because like, who do I look to? Where do I get support from? <laughs> I did, I did leave in Ivanica being like, wow, every guy here like just works biceps, mm, but like yeah. in a, in a good way, oh. <laughs> you know, like they looked good. Yeah. Right. They weren't like, man, it's so funny. Like you see a juice head at a festival who's just like shreds, goes to gym six days a week and you're like, fuck, I Never want to look like yeah. that. Yeah. I never want to look like that. And then you see like some fucking private school kid uh, who yeah, does bicep curls three, three days a week. And you're like, that is, that's, that's the hottest thing ever. <laughs> like, that's exactly how I want my arms to look. Mm. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, was that last weekend? No, I mean last last weekend. Yeah, I guess so. Damn. Like not this weekend just gone, but the one before it. Yeah, the last time people caught us on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Ding. Um. Well, speaking of catching us places, uh, yeah. we can. <laughs> you can actually uh, catch Lucas on the the deep two this week. Oh yeah, I'm on the deep two this week. Uh, he's written a beautiful little uh, storyline preview of this upcoming WNBA season. Uh, talking us through, you know, what, 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 who are the players, the teams, the stories to watch this this year? Do you want to talk a little bit more about it? Yeah, well, I, without giving up too much, uh, <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> I previewed four different teams who I think have the most interesting stories. <clears throat> Not only like what they're trying to achieve, but also they've got really interesting characters on their teams. Being the Seattle Storm, the New York Liberty, the Connecticut Sun. Oh my god! Oh, and of course, the Los Angeles Sparks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then also talked about Brittany Griner's situation, which we've talked about before on the pod, uh, being detained in Russia, still detained in Russia, for a couple more weeks. Yeah, it's crazy. I love again without giving too much. I love the point you make about being like, if they just paid WNBA players properly, mm. then she wouldn't have, she wouldn't be in this situation. You know? mm. And also the point you made last time we were talking about it is like there must be another side of this we don't see. But if there's all this like. Oh, well, I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of details, but like, what more do they have to do, man? Like if they've won nine of the last 10 gold medals at the Olympics and that margin is getting, is like the margin of their victories is getting more and more exponential Mm. as time goes Mm. on. Like what more do they have to do? Watch them. Just watch them. Yeah. It's basketball. And yeah, watch them this season. Yeah. Um, well, uh, speaking of basketball, (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, you catch any of the games this weekend? So many of them. Well, uh, one one stood out to me. Which one was that one? <laughs> oh man, the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a little bit of a not a tirade, but a a little bit of a story time. Tirade. Day, let's call it. Um, I feel like I, I went into this playoffs. I went into the play-in, kind of like how I imagine you went into the play-in in the playoffs last year, where it's mm. like, all right, I'm not really expecting anything out of this. Like, let's just get some experience for the young guys and enjoy enjoy the ride. Uh, in our play and preview episode, I predicted that we'd lose to the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, and, you know, I think my refrain was, uh, we're just happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, the Pelicans players were not just happy to be there. Mm. Like, they've gone into every game with such a winning attitude. Um, and, you know, although they were two kind of close games, they really blitzed the plane. And I don't think it really hit me until Monday, uh... Leaving uh, Dante Boffer's house in West Brunswick, the address is a uh, beep beep beep. Um, <laughs> and you know, it was this beautiful sunny day. I was wearing my Brandon Ingram City Edition to 2021 20, jersey. The sun was hitting my not so big biceps, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, we're like we're playing in the playoffs." <laughs> I'm like, "We're not just there. We're not just passengers. Like mm. we're actually playing to win." And like, more than that, we're. 2-2 up against the Phoenix Suns, yeah. the best team in the league. And, like, I don't... It's so easy to be like, okay, maybe Phoenix have been a bit off these games. Devin Book is injured. Like, they've been shooting poorly. But we're playing really good. We're playing, like, a legit playoff-level basketball team. And I feel like every game this... Bar the first two quarters of the first game, it's felt like we could win any, any game, any game this series. And I'm just, I'm just shocked. I'm just shocked that we began this season one of 12. I've tried to keep my expectations absolutely bottom the entire year. And now I'm like, oh my God, like we might, 
go three two up at home against mm. the Phoenix Suns tomorrow. Mm. Yeah, SKC will be bumping. It as will well. be bumping. Uh, I think that game four is the chip for the New Orleans Pelicans. Right. I think um, because not only uh, Booker's out, I don't. I actually don't care. Yeah. You, they still have Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and Monty Williams, and the rest of the team that made the finals last season. And it's not like you won and they lost. Mm. It was like you won and you made them lose. Mm. Like even yeah, GTA got his uh got his sneak oh steal God. on CP3 after he got waved off in <laughs> game one or two or whenever it was. Um, but this is why I've I've been I've been harping on or harking. Do you hark or do you harp? On? You, can, you can do either. I'd, I was I'd harp, say harp. Yeah. I was harping on. You gotta get just get the eighth seed and get smashed by the one seed mm. because also something like this could happen. And it's like, where can you replicate what happened in game four? Yeah. You can't replicate that anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Everyone that played for you guys, buying Jackson Hayes as always, <laughs> did so much. Did so much to help the team win. They all like yeah individually and together. Um, and yeah, what was it? A fifteen point win in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. That's a massive win. There was four minutes of garbage time. You know, we got Aaron <laughs> yeah. Holiday hitting. <laughs> he had like what 10, 10 consecutive points at the end of the game. Or he had something ten. Like that it was ridiculous. Like he Did was he just, also have a tech foul. Yeah, and he got he got a tech after <laughs> because Jose was mouthing off to him. Um, but yeah, it was like it was a resounding win and. Uh, it was off contributions from everyone. Like obviously, Bi had thirty points. He didn't. He didn't get a bucket in the fourth quarter. Oh wow! <laughs> he had thirty in the first three quarters, and then I think he missed like four or five shots in the last quarter. But it didn't matter. Like we still won that quarter by five points. Uh, JV, I think you know, you can't say that he matched up against Aiden in this game because uh, although he was beating him in offense, Aiden just got any shot that he liked, and it mm-hmm. was just. An absolute shock that they weren't going to more. And actually, I want to talk about that in a bit. Um, and then, ah, oh man, you just you sound so first take for saying it, but the rookies, like, <laughs> Jose Alvarado and Herb Jones, probably spent the most time guarding Chris Paul between them out yeah. of the, any other Pelican. Like Herb was our first option on him, but then yeah, to trust this two-way guy, this one point five mil a year guy, mm. you know, this guy who has only been in the NBA for about four months. To guard Chris Paul, yeah, the like least turnovers point guard ever, <laughs> and to force him into what he got two steals on him, and he got that eight se- eight second violation. Yeah, and it was by the way, like... it was like the fifth eight second violation. <laughs> it it of the was, game. it was, yeah. but he made it so obvious. <laughs> like he had him, he had him like ten feet behind the halfway line, and, and he wasn't budging. <laughs> that celebration video just gets better. <laughs> yeah. Like, like they blow the whistle, he turns to the ref like that, and then. <laughs> And then the this this celebratory screen comes up. Yeah, and then and then doing that same flex when he got the back the backcourt steal on him while while he's still running towards <laughs> no, the basket. Yeah. yeah, it was just so good. And yeah, like Herb, um, obviously like three massive blocks that that steal. I think that that steal from the inbound. Um, I think that just like took all the air out of him when Chris Paul, you know, flagrant. Flagrant one, depend, depending who you ask, I guess, <laughs> um, on the layup. I think that that was just, like, so deflating. There was no way they were going to win the game after that. And again, for a, a late second rounder to do that mm. is just... Uh, it's just unbelievable. Um, and I, I, can't, I can't talk more highly about this Pelicans <laughs> team. Yeah, after the F1 drive to survive, it felt like even Chris Paul was mainly in the game, which yeah. he never does. Yeah. Um, I 
Monty Williams came out after the game and and brought up the difference in free throw attempts between the two teams. I didn't feel like th- it was poorly, um, what's mm. it called? Officiated. Officiated. Mm. I don't think it was unfair, but 42 free throws to 15 is kind of, you can't really argue with that. Yeah, yeah. Because everything he brought up was true. It was a really physical game, so how does one team end up with three three times the amount of free throws than mm. the other? Mm. Um. Yeah, okay, well, this is good because I kind of want to talk about the specifics of like how the Suns played as well. Mm. I mean, I I think they weren't attacking the basket anywhere near as much as we were. Like, no one was really getting inside except for Aiden McGee. I meant I meant to pull it up. I just remembered I was like doing a... I was like compiling all stats for this episode and this was the one I couldn't remember. I wanted to see what they've shot over the last three games because I assure you it's like 80% <laughs> between, between Aiden and McGee. Like... Oh, from the field or the line? From the field. Yeah, right. Like, they've just been... They they just... Like, we're not making it difficult for their either right, <laughs> right, right. them to get a shot at all. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. <laughs> um, you know, like, uh, Valanciunas isn't fouling Aiton. He's just letting him score. Yeah, um, well, well, that yesterday's game combined 18 of 21 shooting yeah. from Aiton and McGee. Nuts. Which would, which would actually suggest that they're not getting fouled. And also, 36 points between them is... Or uh, pretend no, yeah, it'll be thirty six. I don't think thirty seven. Thirty seven. So mm. there's one free throw in there. <laughs> no, it was a three pointer from Javel. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It was uh, one of two for eight from the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> and but I think just generally, like the Suns, like they didn't they didn't look like they wanted to attack the paint. You know, like Mikael mm. Bridges can be such a good like slasher penetrator, and I reckon he got to the rim like three times, maybe. Cam Cam Johnson was jump shots only, and he was either uh, nothing but net or airballing him. Mm. And Chris Paul, like we would, I, I mean, we were doing a really really good job of denying him um, by just like we were doing the we're doing the nicest defensive move in the fourth in particular, where like we double CP three on the pick and roll, and then the help would come straight over to like the big man to Aiden or McGee, and uh, Jose got one steal off of it. And then CJ almost got a steal, and then it ended with an Aiden dunk. But, <laughs> but you know, it was like it was the right action. It's like how do you take Chris Paul out of his like best offensive move? Is like double him immediately, and then deny the center of the ball. Mm. Um, so I can understand why Chris Paul took how many how many shots did he take? Eight. Eight. Like we were doing a good job, but also I think you do have to take more than eight shots when yeah. <laughs> when your best player is sitting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you think Devin Booker is the best player? Sorry, but you're like your first option. You're, yeah. It's interesting because they've got they've got this blueprint that is just so, it's just so good. And there's like there's teams one of them that didn't make the playoffs that we're we're not going to talk about. But like, <laughs> if you're a guy in your in their mid twenties, being Devin Booker mm. or you know someone else, <clears throat> can just ride the ship the first three quarters or three and a half quarters, then they can either take the like finish the game as mm. well. Or you have CP3, who's like an all-timer, first ballot Hall of Famer, much like another player, to just win the game at the end of, like, to win the game in the last quarter. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what CP3 has shown he can do, and that's what Devin Booker has shown he can just, he can just drive the mm, ship mm. all game, yeah. all game if he needs to, and then CP3 can help in the last quarter. Um, and God, I think Chuck's right. I think Chuck's right that. CP3 is just old yeah. and he can't do he can't do it every game anymore. Yeah, yeah. Do you reckon you have a chance to win the series? Like yeah. But do you reckon you win the series? I don't. Okay. I think Phoenix will. I think they'll I think you I think you could very genuinely go to 7. I do as well. Um 
And I think because I think we have their number and we know how to beat them. And I don't, I don't know what they do to like to fix. I don't know. What, it's not like I, I don't know what they do to beat us. What they do to beat us is just like shoot better. Yeah, you know, um, and that could just happen so easily. Like you know, uh, they could just so easily shoot fifty percent from three next game because they are that sort of team. But like, I don't know what if I'm the Phoenix Suns. I don't know what I'm. I don't know what I'm. Te- if I'm Monty Williams, I don't know what I'm telling them uh, yeah. before the next game. You know, because I don't think they really did that much wrong. We were just defending the ever-living hell out of them. Mm. We had sort of an answer for every offensive option. The ones that we didn't, we just, like, let them get buckets, uh, whether or not that's the right decision. But, you know, like, not letting JV get in foul trouble by contesting an eight and jumper that's definitely going to go in, mm. uh, that might actually be a wise decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and whether whether that's JV's effort or Willie Green is being like, look, just don't jump. Like, when Aiton shoots, just, just let him. Yeah. And let's just hope that it rims out. Uh, either way, I think like there's not really an answer for Monty Williams there. Um, that being said, uh, look, we're, we had no, we don't have anywhere near the offensive arsenal of the Phoenix Suns. And like, if BI has an off game, CJ kind of had an off game, but mm. he picked the absolute best time to do it when there were seven other guys having a good good game yeah. <laughs> on our side. But yeah, like if if you know, Brandon Ingram's uh, shot scored more than thirty points in the last three games. First Pelican to ever do it in the playoffs. <laughs> um, and if he doesn't do that, like there's just a, there's going to be a huge drop off in our offense. Yeah, definitely. I uh, I think that the Suns move. Not that I'm suggesting this, but it might actually be playing Aaron Holiday instead of campaign, mm. <clears throat> or playing Aaron Holiday more minutes. It is pretty crazy to go. Like, it is very um, opportunistic in the two minutes you get mm. to score seven points, not miss, and get two assists. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's pretty... As That's as perfect as two minutes can go yeah. uh, in a basketball game. Mm. And I think that... I think that the, that the Suns just need more willingness mm. from, like, either uh, Johnson or Bridges. Crowder is not going to do it. Crowder's mm. not going to do that. Mm. But uh, Johnson or Bridges really needs to... Johnson or Bridges really need to... Get to the cup a couple of times each. Maybe if they just both make it their um, goal to be like, okay, once this quarter, yeah. every quarter, I'm just going to try and drive. I agree. I get yeah. a turnover. I don't actually give a fuck yeah. if I get a turnover. Yeah. I'll be more ready to, to for the next opportunity I have next quarter. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Because, yeah, like I said before, Cam Johnson was just... He was not getting to the rim. And he wasn't even thinking about yeah. it. But, and, but we know he can. And, like, uh, you know... Uh, we we don't have someone who's gonna block you at the rim, really. Like, mm. uh, so yeah, the worst thing that happens is yeah, you get stripped by one of our you know all defensive first team caliber players. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, or you get like an easy bucket and you sort of like assert yourself into the game more. And I think that's it. They needed they weren't asserting themselves. Mm. The like again, I'm really not trying to discount us. This episode, I'm not gonna try and do that. But we are. We were the nine seed, basically. Yeah, yeah. We, we were, a, you know, 36 and 46 team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should be able to assert yourself into the game a bit more than they were. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I actually see you guys... I see the timeline, the reality that we're in. I see you, the potential for you guys to make it to the second round. I don't think it's likely, yeah. but I think the door is open for it. And I know that that's not really a take I'm making right now, <laughs> but it'll make a... It, it will make sense in a little bit. 
okay. It contrasts another team. Right, okay. Um, but I don't want to give away which team that is yet, so I'll let you pick the next series. Okay, well, just before we move on... Okay. One more thing. <laughs> Herb Jones... Shake and bake. <laughs> do you... Do you think do you think he's legit? Like, is this an actual all defensive guy in, is in your eyes? Is Herb Jones legit? Let's talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna. I like. I'll I'll come out and be the first to say it. I'm not really following all defensive first team, um, like conversations throughout yeah, the yeah, season. Yeah. The first time I thought about the all defensive first team before they released it was when Tony Allen started chanting first team all yeah, defense yeah, yeah. a couple of years ago when he was playing for Memphis. Uh, I think that. I don't think he's going to make it this year. That's just yeah. like in the future, you know. I think that um, great defenders are usually between like... It probably... it probably You could probably shave four years off your prime for when you're a great defender. Mm. So if your prime is 26 to 31, let's say your prime defensive would be 22 to 26. Mm-hmm. If he can do this at 19 and 20, then he's already like well, two or three he, years ahead. He is 23. Um, oh, no shit. Because he was a... He was a uh, he was a senior, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 23 years old. Oh, so shows how much it, I know. I mean, yeah, it, it's that classic thing where it's like he's a rookie. And it's like, no, nah, he was like one of the best defenders in his college conference for four yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's right in the guts of his defensive <laughs> <laughs> No, I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, I just don't see... Man, I'm going to be real homerish here. I just don't see the, the weaknesses in his defensive game at all. Yeah, no, I, no, neither do I. <laughs> like, nah. Did he block two three-pointers yesterday? Three. He blocked three yesterday. Three. He got three blocks and they're all on three-point attempts. Wow. Wow, bro. <laughs> wow. And um, I, like the one, on, um, the one on Bridges, he didn't, he didn't even like rotate over to him. He was guarding CP3 <laughs> and then he like went through the screen. CP3 kicked it out to the corner. Herb like stepped in front of Devonte Graham, who was on bridges, <laughs> and blocked his shot. Like, yeah, it wasn't even it was wasn't even remotely his his ball. Like, <laughs> it wasn't even remotely his man. If if I'm a superstar, man, if I'm Chungus McGee, <laughs> and this New Orleans team has CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, this defender now in Herb Jones, and like a pretty spacey center. Mm. I mean, I don't know how his, feel, uh, his three-point percentage looked at the end of the season, but JV was above 50% for most yeah, of the like, yeah. first. Oh, <laughs> your 1-12 <and> start. <laughs> um, like, what, what situation do you want if you're a superstar, if it's not a great wing defender, two great scorers mm. and creators that can hit you up for lobs, and then a spacey center? Mm. Like, what situation do you want? Yeah, he, he, he has to come back. Like, <laughs> I, think, I think it would be ludicrous for him... To be like, I still don't like the situation in New Orleans. Yeah. Because it's like, oh man, sorry. I just have so much New Orleans stuff to talk about today. We can talk about it. <laughs> the other thing, um, the other thing I, I, I wanted to compare it to is I think how Minnesota fans must be feeling now. When Minnesota last made the playoffs, what was it, 2019, 2018 with Jimmy Butler? Oh, yeah, yeah. 2018? Oh, wait, no. Did they make it? Yeah, they okay. did. They made the eight seed, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And someone, I was just, it was, this is a Minnesota fan online being like, the 2018 playoffs, like, it didn't feel good. Like, that team had this awful, awful stank about it. Mm. Um, you know, nobody got along. They were really good players, and they, like, played their way into the playoffs. Whereas this Minnesota team, I mean, fuck, uh, as, as we've seen from their <laughs> shenanigans when they, when they won the playing game, like, they, they're playing with like a real connection and mm. you know, they really, 
they they've all really bought into the team, and I feel like this New Orleans team is the same as like it's the same situation if you compare it to like the AD Rondo Boogie um, Drew team, where it's like oh, yeah. you've got all these great basketball players, they're putting together some really good play, but like there had to be clashing personalities there. Yeah, there's like two of the league's biggest head cases. Yeah. And then there's one of the league's biggest wimps. And then there's Drew Holiday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and you can imagine that there wasn't this sense of like camaraderie, yeah. you know, when they made the playoffs that there is here. And I think like, man, Zion, if you if you don't look at that and want to come come back and play with us, then uh, like, go have fun in New York, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be so bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you obviously also get a great, like, a great cachet for him. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I mean, you know, I I would love, like, I want Zion to stay. I want to keep Zion. But if we're doing this without him and without mm. the assets that he would bring and without the lottery pick we're going to get next year, <laughs> then like, fuck it. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, for real. <laughs> for real. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. TheDeep2.com is your one-stop shop for everything NBA-related. Want weekly in-depth articles tackling some of the NBA's biggest issues and juiciest storylines? We've got you covered. Want a podcast that brings a fresh perspective to the latest current events? We've got you covered. We're like the ringer, only less problematic. So for anything and everything NBA, head to TheDeep2.com and yes, it really is that simple. Well, let's move to another series. All right, cool. Um, well, should we talk about the first elimination of the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, I would really like to. I would really like to. Now, I would, I don't, I, I would like to um, just start by saying one thing about the uh, Nets getting swept to the Celtics, and this is just to address all of Durant slander. Durant haters, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Do you know how good <coughs> you have to be for like? all of this noise to be made about you over one series. Mm. <laughs> like, do you know, like, oh, fuck, just... The, the the idea that we can criticise what KD's done after everything else he's proved is just fucking crazy. Um, and that's all the time I'm going to spend talking about KD. The, the people who are like, you know, oh, he was a passenger on the Warriors, you know, championships, blah, blah, blah. I was just looking at his playoff numbers. He, apart from... This series and his first series, uh, when in his third season against the Lakers, you know, against Kobe Bryant, uh, he's basically averaged 30 or above, mm. like in every single playoffs. Um, so I don't know, scoring 30 points a game, no passenger does that, yeah, <laughs> on your way to a championship, on your way to two championships, but more, more so, uh, yeah, look at what he fucking did in OKC. Every single year of his career, mm. he, he this is the second time again that Lakers series that he hasn't gotten out of the first round. Like mm. he's and you know he's been to what four finals, mm. countless conference, uh, countless conference finals, um, and he's performed in every single one of them. He really hasn't performed in the, in this series. Like, yeah, he hasn't been good. It's his worst numbers by far. Like shooting his worst field goal percentage, uh, turning the ball over. More than five times a game, like <laughs> shit like that. But yeah, I don't, I don't think you'd look at this series and go, oh yeah, this changes KD's legacy in mm. any way. I think that this has made way for a great what if. Right. What if Brooklyn won Game One? Damn. Because they were up with a second to go. Yeah. <clears throat> and then actually, if we are going to cr- criticize KD for something, that that open layup for Jalen Brown was kind of off the off KD just falling asleep it for absolutely a second, was. watching Marcus Smart. Yeah. Uh, well, what he thought was going to be an attempted three. Mm. Yeah, what if they won game one? Yeah. 
Well, then they're down two one going to game four. Maybe Ben Simmons doesn't have a sore back. I don't know, hundred percent, hundred percent. If they were two one, Ben Simmons doesn't have a sore back. Yeah. Um, and what? How much do they lose every game by? Like what? One, seven, six, and three. Yeah. Or something like that. Like, but yeah, I mean, they didn't feel like they deserved to win any of the last three games. Yeah. At all. I kept trying to search how much time they spent in front in the series, mm. and they just don't. They don't track that. <laughs> I think that's only 2k. Yeah. But I couldn't <laughs> find like in the lead. Yeah, time in the le- lead <coughs> unless I'm like unless I'm missing something. Man, 2k 2k's actually got some mad stats. When when you're in that when you're in that box score post game it's like, oh, shit, I really went off in the third quarter." But <laughs> <laughs> they've got largest lead, but they don't have time in front. Yeah, right. Okay. Oh, they do you could figure it out with mm. they've got some sort of worm, but of course it's as horrible <laughs> as they could have possibly made well, it. Well, I want to say that they were Almost, I don't. I want to say they weren't in front at all in Game Four. They weren't. They weren't. <laughs> no. Which is which is really bad. <laughs> um, look, I think the more pressing pressing issue at hand is uh, Steve Nash. Oh, Mister Nash. <laughs> Mister Nash. Um, like what have what have you done to this team? <laughs> like so what? Sorry, what haven't you done to this team? Because it's it feels like a complete like inaction in coaching. Yeah. Uh. I can't, I've been trying to, I've been like racking my brain over the last two seasons of what was like a Nash master coaching stroke. Or as uh, Sean Carroll said to me yesterday, a coaching stroke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I cannot come up with a single thing. Like he's messed around with lineups. He's played KD at the five. He's moved KD back down to the three. But I don't think any of that has like mattered if they've won the game or not. Mm. And I think when they've now come up against like just obviously the best defensive team in the league, so well drilled, like just so in tune with each other, and he just he can't even run a fucking offensive play. Yeah, like he actually doesn't know what to do. Like they're just these like stilted actions or these like bad isos that lead to Bruce Brown getting the ball with three point five seconds left and having to like drive to the cup. Mm. And you know, Bruce Brown deserves better than that. <laughs> Bruce Brown seems to be in the position to shoot a floater every possession and yeah. it seems like he's never trained it yeah <laughs> like he's always so shocked to be in that yeah. scenario yeah it, last year the nets beat who in the first round uh boston wasn't the it? celtics yeah now <clears throat> this is crazy their starting lineup you're it's actually crazy kemba marcus smart evan fournier jason tatum tristan thompson oh my god first Side note: Does oh. it not feel like Kemba's been in New York for more than one season? <laughs> yeah, it feels like it feels like he's been in New York a long time. You know why? It's because he's been shut down and unshut down like yeah. multiple <laughs> multiple occasions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh but, my god, that's like three bad basketball players there. Yeah, like forget about just bad defenders, bad yeah. basketball players. Um, and now Nash has two playoffs playoffs to be judged on, mm-hmm. and. Last year, they beat the Celtics, so it was a series win. So, you know, everyone everyone looks good when you win. And then Kyrie and Harden went down. And they were in a really good position when, KD and Hart, uh, when, Ky- when Kyrie went down against the Bucks. But then they lost to the Bucks. <clears throat> and now, this year, it shows how reliant he just is on star power. Mm. And the last season, he could be like, all right, well, we lost this player and we lost this player. We just had to go through KD. And then KD was amazing. But now it's just kind of that it wouldn't have made a difference with and without Kyrie Harden, like with with or without availability. This is just how he coaches. Yeah. And Boston's the number one 
stay in the league. And we everyone knows that. It's because it's a stat. Every the field goal percentage against is the lowest in the league. Yeah. And their action is just so deliberate. Mm. It's like Nicholas Claxton will be at the top of the key looking for a handoff with the same guy over and over again. Or Andre Drummond, doesn't matter, just this non-threat looking for a handoff while the other three players are just standing still. And <clears throat> like how is there how does their offense have no complexity to it? Mm. Like there is mm. no there's it's not dynamic in the slightest, there's no off ball movement. And Steve Nash is a two times two time MVP for, for for just his offense yeah. and his ability to run a pick and roll and get all these assists and, and score really efficiently. And like if you're gonna be bad defensively, you're gonna be bad defensively as Steve Nash. But like how is how's your offense so stagnant mm, as well? Mm, yeah. Yeah. And like you compare it you compare it to Boston, who like every every play that they'd run in this series had like so many wrinkles, you know? And I mean it is it is their roster. Like they've got they got they have a really capable offensive roster, mm. I think. Like I think Grant Grant Williams has been so good in this series as like shooting shooting the ball in particular. But like there was this one play, I think it was like smart. It was like a smart Titan pick and roll. And like Brown was on one corner. Grant Williams was on the other corner. Robert Williams was like in the dunker spot. And like Tatum got on the short roll. It was like, fuck, he could do anything mm. right now. Like mm. he could like scoop it into Robert Williams. He could lob it up to Robert Williams. <laughs> he could like take a floater himself. He could take the defender off the dribble. He could kick it out to either corner. Um, and then, you know, like Marcus Smart is cutting in behind him as well. Mm. And it's just like, no Nets play looked like that at all. <laughs> One did. Yeah. One did. It was a patty three at the end of the first or second quarter yeah. in game three, where it was like, there was like three consecutive <laughs> passes. Four games. Yeah. No, because I remember I, I messaged the chat. I was like, that was the first time the Nets looked like they were playing like competitive yeah. fucking offense yeah. this entire time. And it ended up in, a, in an open patty three. But, like, other than that, there was so many one-pass, zero-pass, two-pass yeah. possessions. And yeah. that, that pass, like, with five seconds left on the clock, and it's like, what do you fucking expect yeah. is going to happen? And, like, you, I think you have to put that on Kyrie. You don't have to put it on him, but Kyrie and KD should know better than, all right, you're not getting the look on the ISO you want. Like, you can't pass it to Bruce Brown. You can't pass it to Seth Curry with five seconds left. Like, that's not fair. They're, they're, they're just going to turn over the ball for you. Yeah, they deserve better, as <laughs> yeah. you said. Yeah, like, you know, um, yeah, KD, five turnovers a game, but how many times did he pass to Bruce Brown at the end mm. of the shot clock? Um, and, yeah, I think... Mm, no, that's my final point on that. Mm. I also think that... um, I've got two final points. <laughs> KD and Kyrie needed playmaker, which Ben mm. Simmons would be. Mm. Oh, this is not one of those two points, but Dragic played so well. Yeah, yeah. He had that, that um, like, five minutes in the fourth quarter where it was like, oh, man, they might come back and win this. Yeah. But, like, not that they looked like they deserved to do it all game long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, First, firstly, that they need a playmaker that Simmons will be if he plays. Oh, my God. And there were occasions where the Celtics were, were doubling KD off ball, mm. like when he was off the ball. And if you can't capitalize on that, you have to be so unprepared. Like you that you have to be a poorly drilled team yeah, to yeah. not capitalize when you're four on three, but the double isn't on ball. Yeah, yeah. There was one again. This this was just a great game where like uh, the Nets would do something wrong and then Boston would do the same thing right. Like <laughs> um, there was one play where I can't. Remember, I think they were doubling Jalen Brown 
over like on the left wing and then it was like every other player was like oh i need to get to the three-point line because we're gonna start we're yeah. gonna start like kicking it around mm. and uh they did that and they got an open three mm. but it, you know it had like there were like five passes or something like that um but everyone was so prepared for it it's like yeah. everyone everyone's feet were already set and they were just like yeah bang <laughs> <laughs> um oh actually i had heaps more points on this yeah, well, we can talk about all of them. <laughs> you keep saying it like we, we're, we're pressed for time. It's our pod. <laughs> you're right, you're right, you're right. It's just the cameraman's giving me giving me the eyes, you know, <laughs> wrap it up. Um, I, think, um, I think the gulf between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as a duo and KD and Kyrie isn't as big as it seems. Mm. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are like championship winners mm. and they're fucking incredible basketball players and they still are but like Tatum was getting whatever shot he liked as well mm. you know uh, I'm not saying he is as good as Kevin Durant ob- uh, obviously um, on offense but they were both just not that you know I, th- I thought it was just going to be this thing where KD and Kyrie just outscored them every single game and, yeah. made, and made them look like you know what they are like the younger the younger players the less mm. experienced the less talented players but, like, the golf just didn't feel there for me. Mm. And then when you fucking partner that with the fact that they're both, like, great defenders as well, it's like, you know, no wonder no wonder Boston wants to hold on to these guys. Mm. Like, no wonder they value yeah. these guys as a duo when you can, like, rent, rent a superstar three times, lose one of them, yeah. and, like, they still can't pull off a win for you. Mm. Um. Boston are also going into the second round with just a full tank of gas. Yeah. Uh, and they've got this, like, to steal one of Monty, to steal Monty Williams' word of the playoffs, they've got this disposition mm. as if they're going to win the ring. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're, they're not, they're on just such a mission. Uh, and everyone is just so into it. Yeah. Like, all of their players are so involved. They shoot with so much confidence. Fucking so sick of El Horford, but he's just, like, yeah, embracing man. everyone. Like, oh he's leading God. so well. They're, they're starting, um, Tice and Horford and it looks great. Yeah. And then like Robbie Williams Robert Williams will probably be starting Oh, actually I reckon you just fucking take it easy with Robert yeah. Williams. Because like they've shown how good they can be without him. Yeah. Um and you don't want him to risk another injury, which he's so like mm. which is so possible. Mm. Um with just fucking <laughs> like it's kind of his strength of his vertic- vertical jump is like his weakness in <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, potential injury. Yeah. Um yeah, but they've just got this like they've just got this energy about them. It's mm. like it, like like we're here to win the ring. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Who will they have? They'll have Bucks or Bulls. They'll have the Bucks. Yeah. They'll have the Bucks. Um, which I think it, I don't want to say it's unfortunate, but like that that's the matchup that's going to be the toughest for them. Yeah, I think you know, uh, en route to the on en, en route to the finals. Well, that'd be on route to the say. conference finals. Yeah, you, you know, you know what I mean. Like I'd I'd. Have more confidence in them beating Miami than uh, the Bucks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just on, just on like the way they match up. But on the other hand, this series proved that like you know they didn't need like that one guy to match up with KD, um, and maybe then they don't need that one guy to match up with Giannis. Maybe like mm. their their D is good enough that they can they can sort of limit him at least in other mm. ways. Yeah, and also. This series, man, like, look at how important coaching is mm. in winning a playoff yeah. series and, yeah. like, seeing the chess match. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, Bucks are up three one against the Bulls. Yeah, surely they finish. Yeah, you're right. I was I was thinking that they were going to get the Philly or Toronto matchup, and I was well. I mean, Bill Simmons would be licking his lips in that <laughs> in that in that scenario because a, a tired Philadelphia or a kind of tired Toronto Raptors <laughs> would just be like, God, it would be it would be dinner. So just keep your head up and keep moving forward. Hold W, big dog. You kept up with uh, uh, Toronto's two wins. I watched. I watched the. Um, I've watched the highlights of both. I haven't watched them fully. Yeah. Um. Shit, man. Yeah. I fucking to, to speak about like the stark contrast to like the championship energy that the Celtics have. Mm. It's Philadelphia 76ers. <laughs> and I think they'll probably win the series still. Mm. But I think what they've shown in games four and five is that they they're not going to win the ring. Mm. Mm. Um, which they looked like the complete opposite in games one, two, and three. How many years in a row has this happened? Like, <laughs> like oh man, what is it? What is it with this team? Like, Embiid, mm. Embiid looked like he'd finally kicked the bad juju, and then like in this game in particular, it was like, I, I don't think I've seen a worse defensive game from Embiid. Like mm. he wasn't paying any attention to the rim. He wasn't like contesting any shots. Pressure, Precious Achua was just going at him like. Possession after possession after mm. possession. Uh, Out-rebounding him. Um, and, like, that's... Why do that? Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're only going to score 20 points on the other end, like, put in a good defensive yeah. effort. You're one of the best... You're literally one of the best defensive centers in the league. Mm. Um, there was, like, this stretch at the end of the f- first half... Mm. Where the where the Sixers were no sorry where the Raptors were just getting layup after layup yeah. after layup, um, and then there was this point with about eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter where the Sixers got a pretty big bucket and then the crowd got really into it, mm. and what happened? The Raptors came down. <clears throat> I can't remember who had the ball, but they just walked around Harden. Embiid comes to no man's land, doesn't mm. stop the ball or the guy in the dunker spot, alley-oop, and just completely took the crowd yeah. out of the game in, like, the first moment they were kind of back <laughs> into the game. Um, but Harden is 9 of 28 in the two oh losses. Oh, my God. Uh, 4 of 14 from downtown. Uh, 16 assists and 9 turnovers. Um, and, man, you're not allowed to be the one that fluctuates. Yeah. If you're the 32-year-old former MVP that's on 44 mil, you can't be the one that fluctuates. Mm. Um, oh, did you want to jump in? Well, I think he just, like, he looked like he gave a shit at the beginning of this series. Yeah. And it was like, oh, this is great. Because, well, fuck it, we all, went, we all want Harden to give a shit. We all want to <laughs> yeah. see Harden, like, playing his best basketball. And it's just like it just dropped off again. It's like, mm. what did... What, what the hell is going on? Like, are you actually on drugs or something? Like, <laughs> God, man, are you on drugs or something? <laughs> like, you can't have, like, mood swings in the middle of a playoff series mm. where you're like, ah, actually, I don't care anymore. Yeah. And that's just what it looks like. Like, I don't know if, it's, if it could be something else, if it's fitness or whatever, but it actually looks like he just decides he doesn't care about the game anymore. Yeah. It, like, it absolutely <laughs> looks like that. Yeah. Um, and now I hate to do this to the Warriors. I, like, I actually hate to do it to them. But the scoring comparison is just so linear. Stefan Joel is the superstar. Clay and Harden, the star. Wiggins and Harris is the fourth option. Mm. And then the babies in... Mm. Uh, who went to him first? and Poole. Poole and Maxi. I was in Warriors first. Oh. Poole and Maxi. <laughs> but the difference is that, that Poole fluctuates for mm. the Warriors. Mm. Whereas with the 76ers, Harden fluctuates, which then in turn makes Maxi fluctuate. Mm. Because 
Maxi has to be the youngest on the team. Mm. Or maybe let's say the least experienced and the, and the most immature. Just by the way it works. Yeah. It can't be Harden. Harden can't like be it one game and not it the other game. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, the Warriors' core shows up every game, and I think you can live with a loss if Clay and Steph both drop 30-plus, mm. uh, because it would take something incredible from their opponents, as I wrote down, <laughs> which it did. <laughs> but even Embiid shot below 50% of yeah. these two losses, and had nine turnovers as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, if, if you if your stars aren't going to just, like, show up... Oh, fuck now I'm sounding like first yeah. But if they're not going to like provide that consistent at least 25 points, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then you can't expect the subsidiary pieces to win you 16 games. Yeah. And again, you know, I hate to make the comparison to the Warriors, <laughs> but uh, Steph Curry, the best teammate on earth. Like you would, you would never, you would never playing with Harden and, and watching him not give a shit as like a rookie or a second year or just any sort of young and experienced player, you'd be like, oh, fuck. Like, you'd either you'd, you'd either start to not give a shit or you'd be like, why the fuck isn't he giving a shit? Mm. And you'd, you know, this sort of discontent bruise between you. Steph Curry never looks unhappy on the basketball court, yeah. so why would you ever be unhappy on the yeah. basketball court? Yeah, true. You know? Like, it's this infectious, this infectious desire to play that I think needs to come from your vets. Mm. And hey, that's kind of what's that's kind of a big, a big like intangible of the CJ trade for the Pels has been like we've got this yeah this 29, 30 year old guy this vet in the league and he really really wants to play basketball with you like mm. you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he really wants to be here with the rest of the roster playing with you and I think every young player looks at that and is like wow you know I want to win I want to win this game then now mm. like I don't care that we're you know I don't care that we've got forty five losses like. I'm, we're gonna win. Yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, this looks like it could go Toronto's way still. <laughs> like they're actually not dead. Well, it could be the first ever three-zero comeback. I I wanted to talk about the good that Toronto has done. Yeah, oh, we, play, oh, yeah. Because we, yeah. we have just shat all over Philadelphia. Like as we should though. And like fuck it, Philly fans, we're best fans in the league. What mm. you're fucking leaving with eight minutes to go in the fourth oh. quarter. Most passionate fans. I hate when, when <laughs> Koshi comes out and defends the Port Adelaide fans <laughs> and calls them passionate. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're, no, they're not. <laughs> um, but the Toronto Raptors, I feel like um, for the first three games of this series, they kind of forgot who they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean that both literally and figuratively. Uh, in these last two games, it's like they've all remembered that they're like athletic 6'8". <laughs> seven foot wingspan dudes um and i've just been like oh wow well i'll just like walk around tyrese maxi then mm. like there's nothing he can do to defend me there was so many in the first quarter scotty barnes was just like he was just charging into the key yeah and he, you know uh with his the handles and the passing ability for his size and his experience like the fact that, that he wasn't sort of leaning on that more early in the series i think i think that sort of i think that shows why they why it looked like Philadelphia were going to dominate so much early in this series. But it's like all these players have just remembered their, like their physicality. I I think there's probably like seven guys who are faster and more agile than anyone on the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, And then have like the size to match up with that. Um, And yeah, and it was just so evident in this game. They were just, uh, you know, they were in fifth gear the entire time. Uh, They were... 
there was there was so many of those nice like short lobs um you know from someone like attacking a bead and then someone like in the dunker's spot um which were just like you know that i was just so physical it was just such it was such like a physical offense from toronto i thought yeah um now i remember i just had to look it up to, to, to cross reference but i remember um marv elbert was losing his mind the last few years of his commentating career he sure was <laughs> um but I remember there was this one all-star game where he kept um, mucking up Vucevic and Jokic. Mm. And watching it, I was like, I didn't even look back. I was like, God, you keep making this mistake. One of the um, commentators in this Raptors game said, great finish by Ananobi. And I was like, are you sure that wasn't Scotty Barnes? But then I looked back because I was like, it really could be either. <laughs> and yeah, the, their identity is coming back through. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, like the length, the, like everything that brought them to the fifth mm, seed yeah. has come through in the last two games. Yeah. And like Boucher, I've seen him get knocked over and just eaten by Embiid. But he looks so confident, mm, mm. like getting knocked over, helping defensively, shooting his like shooting his trebuchet. Mm. Um, and then fi- like him, him and Precious finishing on the other end. Like, okay, cool, Embiid's going to feast on us. But let's let's make him defend yeah, for the whole exactly. time that he's on the court as well. Exactly, exactly. Um, and yeah, they were like, I think, didn't Nick Nurse say it? Oh, no, no. Uh, Michael Malone said it about the Nuggets. But it, it kind of applies to the Raptors as well. Like, being down 3-0, we're not, we're not dead yet. Like, yeah. we're still alive. We're yeah. still alive. And they, 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 they're still alive. I honestly reckon they could win. I yeah, honestly reckon they could. It would be so nuts. Do you reckon they... The, game 6 is in Toronto. Oh, my God. They, I, they could make it 3-3 without a doubt. And I the, think 3-3 is, is likely. Yeah, and then... then like Philly just need to f- pull their fingers out of their assholes and yeah, like because that that would just be tragic. I think I think that would be a I think that would just be an awful end to the Philadelphia season. <laughs> like I, I feel like that goes without saying, but it would just be like every all the concerns everyone had at the Harden trade were right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Man, because if but but if it does go to seven, that'll be on the back of not only a three-game losing streak for the Sixers, but mm. a three-game winning streak for the Raptors. Yeah, yeah, and that momentum, can you turn that around? No. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I mean that that's I feel like that's what drove Denver um, into winning. You know, into making those three-one comebacks mm. was like all the momentum was with them. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. was just so hard to stop. Um, Fred Van Vliet, is he out for the next game? He was out for this game. Oh, I don't know if he's out for the next game, but yeah, yeah. I was looking at to see if he was out both games. Mm. He was plus three in his 15 minutes in game four, because mm. I was trying to be like, are they better without him? Oh, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, just his scoring ability. Yeah, but because Gary Trent was like the only guard, whenever he sat, um, ah, they were just so scary. Mm. Like, and... It just, it didn't even, it wasn't even like, oh, there's too many bigs on the floor. It's like, Scotty Barnes is running running the point, like an yeah. absolute point guard. Um, so, I I think, I think they should, I think they should sit Freddie and Gary, like, often. Yeah. Together. Mm. Um, not, not that their value isn't there, because it definitely is. And then, yeah, like, Gary Trent was coming on, and he was just sinking shots. Yeah. Um, you know sort of in like a different flow of the offense to everyone else. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like they'd be, sort of be like, all right, Philly would be like, all right, we kind of know what happened. We're kind of dealing with the big guys getting inside and then he'd just come in and sink a couple of, you know, uh, jumpers. Um, so so I think I think they should sit them together is, mm. what, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and I think 
if you go by the matchup, Toronto have looked its most dangerous with mm. with the length. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, I really love how gimmicky Nick Nurse gets mm. because the last quarter they just attacked Maxi yeah. non-stop, like non-stop, <laughs> like like non-stop, like like it was getting it would have been boring <laughs> as an impartial viewer if I was watching it live because I caught up on it. Um, but watching it live, I would have been like, God, this is like shit basketball. <laughs> and like, there is such a clear thing that Doc Rivers has to do and yeah. take off Tyrese Maxey because I, they kind of, they, the Raptors won and the 76ers lost this game in a few patches and that mm. was one of them for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Sport, 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 basketball, sport. sport. Shall we move on? Did you want to talk about one more series? Um, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to talk about two more series. Two no, more. just one. Two just more. One. Um, the Utah Jazz, baby. What? You want to talk about that? <laughs> we got to talk about the Jazz. <laughs> so the, they lost 77 to 102. Of the 1,230 games played this season, there have been 2,460 final scores because two pl- teams play every game to mansplain sports. Of those two thousand four, <laughs> of those two thousand four hundred and sixty final scores, how many were lower than seventy-seven? Oh my god! I want to say one. Okay, now if anyone wants to play along, I'll, no I'll, two. If anyone wants to play along with the trivia, I'll uh, I suggest uh, pausing now. I'm going to share it in three, two, one. Okay. It's not one or two, but three. Okay. Three final scores Fucking out of 2,460 were, were more dismal, oh my more, God. S- more sad than uh, the Jazz's L. Um, and we have to go back 1,240, uh, sorry, 1,260 sleeps or 1,255. <laughs> For the last time, the Jazz dropped below 77 points. Oh, really? Yep. 68 points they dropped in a 50-point loss to the Mavericks, would you believe? Oh. Um, and the last time Utah... Oh, that game was five months before we became mates. Wow. Wow. <laughs> now, I say all of this to set up my two questions. Do you think Utah has any chance of winning game six? Does Donovan Mitchell play game six? Um, I... One... See, this is the thing because they actually they actually looked good in game four. Not good, but like they beat the Mavericks pretty fair and square. Mm. Um, they, I mean, they capitalized in particular on some like fourth quarter boo boos, mm. um, missing those free throws. But but then this was just like, where was any of that? Where where yeah. did any of that go? Did you use it all up in game four? Because they couldn't buy a shot. Their offense was like stale as a biscuit, mm. um, and. But more, more so, the Mavs were just like attacking them. Like, uh, they they couldn't defend on the perimeter, and then the number of times Luca would like just muscle past Gobert. Yeah, yeah. The best interior defender in the league, you say. <laughs> <laughs> and I do say. That. <laughs> and you do say that, and get a bucket was like embarrassing. Mm. There was this one fucking. It was just like the worst defended play. Jalen Brunson somehow ended up like, you know, out of steps. On his pivot foot with his back to the basket. I think it was on Bogdanovich. And it was like, it, no, everyone was just standing on the perimeter watching him like jab step, jab step, and then like fade away and sink this like 10 footer. It's like, mm. fucking go help him. Like, get, go 
th- there is a man in the paint with the basketball right now. <laughs> you need to go stop him from yeah. getting a bucket. Um, and they they just sort of they just stand around like sitting ducks and let all this shit happen to them. Yeah. Um, and so no, I, yeah. don't, I don't think they can win game six. Yeah, and that was whatever I was talking about before about like I don't say this. I find is impossible. Yeah. I think the Jazz are done. I think that they are just like full on done. Um, and yeah, I think I think the the rebuild will happen. Or it will probably be a retool more than a rebuild. Mm, will happen know. this off season. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, did you know that, uh, or hear about or read about the fact that um, what's his name, Julius Randle, and two Knicks front office guys were at the Jazz game one, sitting really? side. Yeah, yeah, which left an uneasy feeling oh in uh, Jazz officials. Oh uh, jazz officials God. said that, they, that left them feeling uneasy. That's so something. bad because that means that like Randle isn't getting traded. Like, <laughs> like oh, whoever, fuck. whoever the Knicks want, like has to go play with Julius Randle. Oh my god! Although, <laughs> I don't know. A, a Julius Randle Donovan Mitchell dribble handoff. I'm I'm interested to see it. You know? Oh, actually, just keep him in the same spot. Yeah. Like if they make the playoffs, then I can learn about what they did in the regular season. <laughs> but like if Donovan Mitchell and Julius Randle are playing for the Knicks, I don't think that's any reason to turn on the Knicks. Yeah, game. right. Okay, okay. Well, there'll be nineteen of them on national TV next. Year Actually, <laughs> I guess so. Oh dear. Um, yeah, the, this series. It. I feel like um, game one, no Luca. Game two and three, obviously the Maz one. Game four, fucking okay. The Jazz might have played a little bit well. Uh, but there's been no reason to watch this series. Yeah. <laughs> like, Dude, what did they win? What did they win, win on? They won on a Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert hooker. Yeah. Like, what was that? The third time he passed him this season or something. Genuinely. And it won them a playoff game. Yeah, and like, yeah, two, two missed uh, Dwight Powell free throws mm. um, and a bunch of other fucking boo-boos. Mm. Um, yeah, hopeless. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I think I feel like I had something else to say about this series, but it's not it's not it's not Oh yeah, it's crazy that Dallas's like game plan against his great defensive team was to make all five players defend. Yeah. And it's just like fuck, so simple. You weren't ready for that? <laughs> like also Quinn Smart Snyder must be a great coach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and what did Draymond Green tweeted today? He was like, damn, the commentator's saying, like, you know, the, the Jazz are giving up a lot of points in the paint. You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> Good on him. It was so funny. And it's like, yeah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be, like, giving up more points in the paint than, like, an average NBA team yeah. is, is giving up the way you're built. But fucking, of course you are, because you are, like, you're not a playoff team. Yeah. <laughs> um, two things that maybe we should touch on, potentially. Mm-hmm. Jar one MIP. Mm-hmm. It's official. Uh, Reggie Miller's tweet about Ben Simmons. Oh my god! Well, actually, I kind of I wanted to go back to the Brooklyn uh, Boston series in like a looking forward way. Mm. Uh, first thing, yeah, Ben Simmons. What's what's the go? Does he, <laughs> does he ever play for Brooklyn? Like, Fuck. is is that? Do you do you think that is just one? Do you believe that he sat out game four because he they were three zero down and he didn't see them winning? And two. If that is true, is that just like the most abysmal thing you can do? Three or down, I think I think it would have been him and the team. Yeah, I don't think it was just him. Um, but like, fucking play. <laughs> Insist upon it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> Steve Nash. I insist that I play today. <laughs> I want Steve Nash in like the training room, the training press conference, to be like Ben Simmons was in my office insisting upon it. <laughs> Insist upon it. Hilarious. Oh my god. Um. Yeah, I think. Oh fuck, man. Why would you not want to play basketball? Mm. Like, I like. Why would you not want to play? It's so much fun. Mm. You would know you're an NBA player. <laughs> Just fucking play. Well, you're not. Don't. Are you worried about the money? You already locked up the contract. Yeah, yeah. And like, I don't. I don't want to parrot Stephen A. But you know, when he when he was saying, he's like, you know, he gave up on LSU. He gave up on the 76ers, and now he's given up on the Brooklyn Nets. It's kind of hard to argue with it. Mm. Like. You know, I've I've always I've always wanted to give Ben Simmons the benefit of the doubt. This season, I threw threw that to the wind along with caution. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, now now it looks like you you already are like playing your stupid fucking publicity game with a team that you haven't even stepped on the court for. Yeah, um, I want to read the Stephen A. quote about it because it's just <laughs> he's actually an artist, Stephen A. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Simmons might be the weakest Most pathetic excuse of an athlete We've ever seen Not just in American history But in the history of sports <laughs> My god What a fucking What a line And you know what It's impossible to talk about that In the history of sports <laughs> Like how do you argue or talk about that It's just such a good quote Man Yeah That's that's it. That's what he does isn't it He puts up these like impenetrable statements they don't, yeah. they don't mean anything. You, <laughs> mean you can't anything. argue with it at all. You have to see he does a wheel of t- of takes on, <laughs> on Jimmy yeah. Fallon. Oh my god, he's actually just uh, he's a, you can't look at him as a journalist. He's an entertainer. Mm. Um, my final thing, uh, tongue firmly planted in cheek for this one. Okay, uh, you can't beat him. Join him. Kyrie to the Boston Celtics next year. Nice. No, KD, sorry. Oh Fuck, I fucked it. <laughs> no, I think Kyrie's better. Um, uh, what would make it work would be Al Horford. Uh, he's got a Straight non- swap. He's got a non-guaranteed year. <laughs> Derek White and a couple of picks. The money works. <laughs> make it happen. What if you throw in Jason Tatum and then throw... Oh, no, fuck. No, 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 no. I was thinking, could you get KD, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons to the Celtics? <laughs> Man, the most insufferable team in the league, that would be. Put the, put the Brooklyn Nets roster in Boston Celtics jerseys. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, bloody hell. I'm, I'm excited to have a day off tomorrow and watch, watch, you know, potentially a couple of these playoff series is just really fucking... Come to crunch time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited for, like, the second round and beyond. Because I can't keep up with all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's uni, a lot going I'm on. I'm back at uni tomorrow. Oh, true. So, I'm going to need, like, more two and one day, one game days. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm going to watch all of them. Well, um, we're playing... Basketball. <laughs> we're playing tomorrow and Thursday. Back to back. So, our series could be over by Friday. True. <laughs> which is like, which is nuts because I feel like it's taken so long. Like last mm. time we spoke, we'd just been thumped by them. Um, and really? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. And since yeah. then, we've won two games against the Phoenix Suns. So, mm. boy, boy, time flies in the NBA. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, well. Cool. I'll see you next week then. Yeah. See you next week. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to another episode of the JVG NBA Tribute Show, hosted by Marco Holden-Jeffrey and Lucas Petridis. Our theme song is written and performed by Pascal Ducasse, with production by Mock B. Follow us on Instagram at JVG NBA Tribute Show and on Twitter at JVG NBA for more NBA content. The JVG NBA Tribute Show. New episodes every Wednesday at 7 a.m.